0: Creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Preachy to Coyle. Oh, and the Leafs are again. Hello, and welcome back into the Nessun Bruins podcast. I'm Nessun.com's Logan Mullen. Joined once again by Nessun.com's Lauren Campbell. Lauren, what's happened?
1: Oh, another week. Another week of solid hockey and solid Bruins hockey. So... That's, that's what's happening.
0: That is what's happening. Uh, people cannot see, but you're sporting your Boston Pride sweatshirt, if I'm not mistaken. Good call. And then
1: no one can see it, but I'm showing you.
0: So. Uh, yes, it, it looks fantastic. Um So I might be crazy. I'm just now putting this together, okay? So don't make fun of me. <laughs> Their mascot is a lion because it's a pride of lions,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Okay, so my college, Springfield College, Roll Pride. Uh, or my formal co- former college, my alma mater, if you will, was the Springfield College Pride as well. And our mascot, quite literally, their name was Pride the Majestic Lion. And it took me multiple years before I figured out what exactly they were angling for. Um, so apparently lions aren't my thing because I didn't pick up on the Boston Pride <laughs> that quickly. either. Um, but we're not here to talk about mascots. Uh, we could, but we probably shouldn't. Uh, We are here to talk, as always, about the Boston Bruins. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, I don't think we need to go too far into the rearview mirror about what's happened since we last met, which was three straight wins for the Bruins. So let's think, when we met last time, they had just lost that game to the Islanders, the JG Pejo winner with a few minutes left. And since then, a shootout win, a walloping of the philadelphia flyers and then an overtime win against the pittsburgh penguins who mere minutes ago uh lost their general manager for reasons that aren't entirely clear um how that's going to impact the penguins when they meet the bruins again in about 28 hours is uncertain but hey is what it is but a by and large pretty successful week for the bruins after all the five on five scoring woes they have what is it, 14 goals over the last three games, a good chunk of them at even strength, still plenty um, on special teams, but nevertheless, they are heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it's been nice to see. I think at the end of the day, it's just there was no preseason. They didn't really have a lot of time to get the rust off and get their legs back, and we're starting to see that, Um, especially in the Penguins game. I mean, the Penguins all season have been letting up the first goal, playing from behind, and then winning in overtime. I think their last... Three out of their four wins came in overtime. Um, so I was just like classic Penguins, but the Bruins were just the better team that time and proved that they're just continuing to get better, all without David Poshronach.
0: All without David Posternack. And, you know, they're losing a lot of guys too. Like they're dropping like flies. They played most of Tuesday's win over Pittsburgh without Jake Debrask. They've been without Andre Kasha for over a week now. And if I'm a Bruins fan, I have to be pretty encouraged about the way things are going without David Posternak. You have to assume that they're just gonna get better, and he supposedly could be ready as soon as this Saturday against the Washington Capitals. But the fact that they're starting to figure things out a little bit, because I think early on, what ended up happening, especially when they were having trouble at even strength, was we were all saying, "Well, they don't have their you know most proficient goal scorer," which was true, but that is just kind of a crutch to make yourself feel better about the fact that they were having a very hard time uh, not just scoring but creating grade A chances at even strength. Now with the way that they've played over the last three games, that mindset I think has started to shift from wow, imagine you know how they'll be able to get back on track once Posternak is playing again to wow, this team could be really, really good when David Posternak's back.
1: Yeah, it's funny how the, the opinions of fans have changed over the last week. Just just like you said, um, a lot of people were relying on Poshchnock. They were just kind of saying, you know, maybe it'll be a little rough in the beginning because Poshchnock's, you know, a crutch in that, on that first line. Um, obviously he had 48 goals last season. So to not have him obviously is huge. And to get him back while this team is red hot, it could be, they could be incredibly dangerous, um, which is, really, really encouraging because there was a lot of questions going into this season, especially on defense and even without Pasternak. We knew we were going to be without Pasternak for the first couple games here. So it's all coming together, I think. Um, I think, too, that fans are going to be very, they're going to watch Pashnak closely. Like If he has an, even like the slightest off game, they're going to be like, oh, oh no. We should <laughs>
0: predict them the game. moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> panic. Panic. Everywhere there's panic.
0: Yeah, I think an interesting subplot in all of this that hasn't really been tackled all that much is the fact that because a lot of their younger players, this goes for forwards and defense, because a lot of their younger players have worked out so far, they're they're swimming in death. I mean, specifically when you think of defense, well, no, well, to keep the conversation going, we'll start with forwards. I mean, Trent Frederick, even as a winger, has looked great. Uh, Jack Stitnicka has been totally fine. Um, you know, th- they're basically in a position where they're forcing a useful player in Anders Bjork out of the lineup. It's looking like when Pasternak comes back. I mean, you know, they they've are down three top six forwards right now. And Parlinholm Lindholm was on the third line during practice today, And that's like the first we've seen of Parlinholm. Lindholm. They put him on waivers before opening night. And now, you know... Th- this is the first time he's actually needed once they're three forwards short. So I think we're starting to see that because The plans coming together, if you will, like they they're just now having to start to rely on their depth and it's because they have three guys out and the 100% unequivocal reason for that is because Trent Frederick's looked good. Jack Stadnick has looked good. Like everything's sort of, and Nick Ritchie has looked good. That was another guy before the year that we thought might be a victim of a healthy scratch. So I think, and again, like cold streaks are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. Your depth is always going to be tested. But the way they've constructed the roster right now, actually it's looking, a lot of those question marks have turned more into periods, if you will.
1: Yeah, and I think that's another I've been saying encouraging a lot this episode already, and it's it's another encouraging sign. Um, we've talked so much about the depth on defense, um, not really even kind of considering who they have on offense, because <laughs> so deep, because um, it's so, always so strong. And um, but now you know Jake DeBrus, like you said, he was three minutes into the game and he's he's injured. Um, but Trent Frederick, I think I've been the most impressed with. He just looks so natural out there and so like ready for the NHL. Um, I don't know if it's just, this is who he is, or if he's just using this as motivation to be like, I'm not going anywhere right. when Kasha comes back, when Kasha comes back. like it's We've said it before that Bruce Cassidy going to have some decisions. And as the games keep getting, like we keep getting further into the season, that decision kind of becomes a little clearer. And it's, I don't want to really want to talk about that decision, <laughs> but it, it pains me a little thinking that it's probably who, it's probably going to be Anders Bjork if we were judging it like just from the last few games, like if that decision had to be made for tomorrow's game. Um, but I think he's looked incredible and it's, you know, I, I forgot completely about Parland home until I saw <laughs> tweets today. I was like, Oh, that's right. Like they did. They put him on waivers. And I think that goes to show too, how strong the offense has been through the first six, six games.
0: Greg McKegg, too. We haven't even seen Greg McKegg yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I think what we're starting to see too is they might be putting themselves in a position where they can start playing things. They can be a little bit more matchup based. Like I think if Anders Bjork ends up getting scratched, we won't be far from a situation where if you're playing more of a speed or finesse team, Bjork goes in instead of, I guess Frederick would be the obvious example. Um, And again, not everyone can do that. Like not every team can lean on forward depth like that. And, I think we're going to start to see it shifting gears a little bit here. I think we're going to start to see it more with the defense because Jakob Zaborl has been mostly good. Him and the Kevin Miller pairing have been fine. Tuesday night was without question Zaborl's worst game uh, since he's been up this year. And I'm curious to see how long of a leash he gets Because, and Bruce Cassidy talked about this a lot, actually, this afternoon, about how Pittsburgh being a hard four-checking team gives a little bit of a different look to a guy like Zaborl than he's had in the past, where when he's carrying the puck in his own end, there's a lot more pressure than there had been when they were playing. I mean, New York's a hard four-checking team, but like the Islanders, or um, the Devils, for example. I wonder how long Zaborl's leash is before it's healthy scratch time because they have enough depth there, right? Like they can, they've shown with the Grizzlik injury that they can play Connor Clift on the left side. We haven't even seen John Moore yet. Oro Vakanainen is on the taxi squad. So they have three guys right there that they could play, but you also don't want to staple a guy to the ninth level too quickly. So that's kind of an interesting tightrope to walk, especially when the sample size for Zaborla has produced far more good than bad.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially because John Moore skated today, practiced today. And so he's making his way back. And it makes you wonder where his spot is in this lineup. Like, does he automatically come back? Then does, does that leave Zaboral out? It's, again, this is a good problem to have in, in, in a sense, but you don't want to, if, if Zaboral's playing well, you don't want to demolish that confidence by continuing to scratch him, put him on the ninth floor and just like, oh, like you'll go in when there's an injury, you'll go in against you know, maybe not so much a stronger team when it's a short season, what they're doing now seems to be working for the most part. And I mean, the Millers of oral pairing is really, really strong right now. Will that be the same if John Moore goes on there? Will that be the same if you put really kind of anyone else with uh, Miller? So it makes you, makes you wonder what's going through Cassidy's mind. Sure. It's not an easy decision, but I'm sure he's, he has to think about that just because, you know, John Moore, it, He's got a big contract there. You can't be healthy scratching him to sit right. on the ninth floor and making, I don't even remember what the numbers are. Two and are.
0: three quarters, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed. I know that off the top of my head. Um, well, and it's one of those things, too, where, like, okay, if you're if you're power ranking your Bruins defenseman right now, your bottom two, understandably, are going to be Miller and zaborro You can't, in my opinion, you cannot just have – your spare defenseman not getting any game action for a long period of time. I think the guy that you can do that the most with is probably John Moore. They had to do that with him a lot last year because he just wasn't playing well after coming back from the shoulder surgery. But, you know, I don't think you want to end up in a position where Clifton and Moore haven't played for literal weeks. Uh, You have very little clue what you have in Vakanainen, and then somebody gets hurt or something happens and all of a sudden they're everyday players and you have no clue what's happening and all the stability you had on the back line when things, you know, you got a little too comfortable and the sea was smooth. And then once it starts getting a little bit more choppy, you end up in a tough spot. So I think it's wise for now to kind of ride things out with Zaborl, see how he plays through a lesser stretch of his because that's another side of this too right as you he has to be able to play his way out of cold streaks but you also have a ton of depth that you probably should be playing and you don't want to get into a position where you have no clue what you have or you're leaning heavily on a guy who hasn't played in weeks
1: yeah and you don't want to be forced into that situation you don't want to have to you don't want to know because you have to know like you don't want to get injured and be like well uh okay who do we put in tonight um and then you know it doesn't work there's no chemistry it's just not maybe they're not NHL ready or they're not just not playing well because they're not ready for that opportunity just yet. Um so I I mean I'm really big into this if it's working don't even try to, to fix it just kind of leave it as is but you know you don't you don't want someone to go down with injury and not really know what the next step is and be forced to use your depth in situations, especially if you're on a hot streak, you don't want that to be derailed just from, from one, not that it's ever one person, but if it's not working, that really can throw off the whole team.
0: I'm shocked Kevin Miller hasn't gotten a game off yet. Cause I would have thought just by virtue of his health situation, I mean, he clearly seems fully healthy. Like, I don't think that's the problem, but the, fact of the matter is that his kneecap was absolutely ruined for a couple of years and he's just now getting into full game action and he hasn't gotten a game off and I mean God bless him more power to him but I would have thought that I mean we're almost what three weeks into the season now two weeks into the season I would have thought that he'd at least get like an occasional night off and granted they haven't had like back to backs or anything. I want I think once you start getting to that part of the schedule, it changes a little bit, but I would have thought that would have been the opportunity to kind of shoehorn some of those other guys in there, I guess, to a degree, it's a moot point because Clifton now has gotten in and John Moore, his health had been, I guess, a little dicey. I think he was available for a little bit. That whole thing is a mystery to me because He missed part of the end of training camp, I guess. And then I think he was available for a few games. And then Bruce Cassidy revealed a few days ago that he had like a procedure done, but it wasn't like surgery, but it was something that he needed 48 hours of downtime. And he's not a guy who's been playing every day. So you have no clue, you know, if he's actually unavailable or not, but that's been Interesting, because who knows how much of an opportunity he's had to push a guy like Moral, uh, Moral Zaboral or Miller. So I don't know. I, again, good problem to have that you're healthy, scratching three guys that probably could play.
1: Yeah. And it's the, the word procedure is so weird because, you know, a couple of years ago, Charlie McAvoy had a heart procedure.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Well, then you have this procedure that John Moore had you don't really know a whole lot about it and he only needs 48 hours of downtime. Um, but is that like the minimum of downtime? Is he going to be like 100% good to go after 48 hours? Is he going to be like ready for game action? It's great that he's practicing. It's great that he seems to be healthy for the most part after this procedure, but it's just like, it's just, I don't know. I, don't, I never trust the word procedure just because you never know what really went into it unless you're getting the details of what actually happened. Um, but to kind of go back to your kevin miller point too i was i'm surprised as well that he hasn't gotten at least a maintenance day um yeah (laughs) a twice broken kneecap several setbacks several surgeries um and obviously hockey players use their legs it's all legs and your knees like it's just so hard to trust your legs if you have any sort of injury and major injury given what he's been through um But I think once the schedule gets a little deeper, maybe the Bruins kind of know more where they're at instead of like two weeks into the season, then we'll start seeing a little more rest for him, you know, go down the line. If they make it to the playoffs, rest him for the playoffs. Cause he's obviously that a big body is a presence that this team needs. And I don't think they'd want to risk any sort of injury to him going forward.
0: So totally shifting gears here. Uh, Bruins play the Penguins. Thursday night, and then it's two games against the Washington Capitals. Obviously, that is going to be the first time the Bruins face Zdeno Chara, which is going to be very weird. Um, Zdeno Chara has actually been you know, pretty involved in the, the Capitals process, if you will. It, it's going to be weird. I admittedly have not watched much of Washington's games this year. I've seen a few highlights, but I haven't actually sat down and watched a game yet. I'm very excited to see this just because it's going to be very bizarre and probably to a degree uncomfortable just because it's so unfamiliar. I mean, I was 12 when Zedano Chara signed with the Bruins. So this has pretty much been my life since my early teens. So this is going to be a, I'm sure it's way weirder for the players, but I, this is far and away the most excited I've been for a set of games so far this year.
1: Yeah, the only thing I can really compare it to is is Tom Brady leaving New England because he just spent so many years with the with the Patriots and just to leave. But same thing with Chara. I just feel like I know he he's been with the Bruins forever. It just it seems like he's always been with the team. Um, and then it's it's gonna be weird just because we're so used to seeing him in black and gold. We're so used to seeing him with the, the bee the B on his sweater, and now to see him kind of defending and going after the team that he's played with and guys that he helped and guys that he, you know, really mentored for, I don't know, who's the longest tenured. So Patrice Bergeron for 15 years, 14 years, yeah. it's, it's going to be different for them. And I think it's going to be, it's obviously going to be a battle. The Capitals are always a really tough team, but I think, I think it was Macvoy today who said it was going to be weird. And that's who I'm like been constantly thinking about just because yeah. best friends.
0: Him and then Carl. Yeah, those were like
1: his his guys, and now they have to watch him help another team win. It's it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be fun though, because it's it's always fun seeing a longer tenured player go against the team that they've been with for most of their career. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he plays against the Bruins. I haven't watched too many Caps games either. I've watched a few, and he's looked like Chara. He hasn't really from right. last year, but it's gonna be fun. Um, but weird. I think that's like the only really word I can use to just.
0: Yeah. It, I wonder what kind of opponent he's going to be for them. Cause I think about like Johnny Boychuk's probably the best example I can come up with of the guy where it's like, okay, he wasn't like taking shifts off or like not caring or anything, but it was, I forget who it was. They went back onto the ice and like, looked for a Bruins players tooth for him during an intermission and like stuff like that, where it was like friendly it was chummy like he played hard but it was ca- quote-unquote casual enough and like I don't think that's necessarily the type of guy that Chara's is gonna be but it's gonna be so weird watching him like you know paste Brad Marchand into the boards and then just skate away like nothing happened like I, I'm just looking forward to I'm trying to forecast what the most bizarre thing of all of that is going to be. And I can't come up with anything.
1: I think it's going to be a a Capitals player. There's a hard hit or a questionable checker and Charles just kind of like backs up and he's like, uh or like, (laughs) I wonder if he's like have to, he's going to have to like stop himself almost being like, you can't go after the Capitals. Like you are capital. Like you can't, that's not your, that's, that's not your battle anymore. But I think that's the only thing that I, I think would be, like, the weirdest situation, being, watching him not go after somebody who hits the, the Bruins.
0: What What do you think would be the most awkward fight matchup for Char? Like, somebody who reasonably would fight him. Like, I'd love to see Marshawn go after him. That would never happen. But, like,
1: I to, the height difference there. And yeah, the-, the
0: height difference. That Miller, like, what if we got Zidane Chara against Kevin Miller? Um,
1: Carlo, too, would be a good matchup. McAvoy, I'm trying to think of like bigger people, but then you get to yeah. the this.
0: McAvoy's uh, fights are always fun. Like, remember when he fought Panarin a couple years ago, and it was like the camera had panned away from it and then they're like oh there's a fight near center ice or wherever it was and the camera pants back they're like it's McAvoy and Benarin (laughs) it's a very bizarre one um like Richie I I guess Nick Richie theoretically could fight him but that that almost makes sense if anybody had to fight him (sighs) yeah I don't know
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if he if there's any kind of scrappy moments obviously there will probably be scrappy moments at Bruins Capitals but between Shara specifically and the Bruins, if he's just maybe kind of going to give him like a couple of shakes of the Jersey, or if he's just going to be like, Nope, Nope. Skating away. (laughs) Trent Frederick
0: would be another one too. That would be, I don't know where I'd land on that one. Cause you know, Trent Frederick wants to fight somebody like you could tell he wanted to kick the crap out of miles wood and he (laughs) obliterated Brandon Tanev before. And he just like ends guys careers in the AHL. Um, so I wonder if he'd be like, yeah, I'll fight Shard. (laughs) That would be awkward. Who knows?
1: Only time will tell.
0: Only time will tell. And with that, let's wrap it up. Unless you have anything
1: else. I don't just, it's going to be a good weekend of hockey.
0: It is going to be a good weekend of hockey. I am very much liking these baseball style series.
1: Me Uh, too. I thought it would be weird or just kind of like different, but I I really like it. I think it's, it makes it more fun and gets you like hyped for the series. Cause if it's especially like bad blood, it spills over right into the next game.
0: Yeah. Like that devil's series was a perfect example. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the NHL would be well advised to keep that around. Um, But all righty. So it is now 3.54 PM. So we are definitely, that means absolutely nothing to the people listening (laughs) to this. But about 25 minutes is my point um so let's wrap it up there uh this has been the ness and bruins podcast i'm logan that's lauren uh we will see you about this time next week be sure to subscribe rate review uh itunes spotify google play stitcher Podbay, wherever else you get your podcasts i'm just rattling off whatever outlets i can think of uh but until next time thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you soon